What's up, Dream Warriors? Welcome back to another episode of a podcast on Elm Street. I'm Mark. And I'm Brooke. And we are fully complete our prehistoric month of May. Yep. And this is our first episode since. Um, I had a lot of fun. I think we already talked about this in the last episode. We did, yes. I, I did have a lot of fun with that. Yeah, me too. Um, the, the movies kind of took a turn that I wasn't expecting. I was expecting like a full month of dinosaurs whenever we first started talking about it. Yeah. And we didn't go that route, which is good. No, no. We had a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so returning back to our schedule of no schedule, um, this is my pick and I chose 2006's Pan's Labyrinth. Yes, it was kind of a slap in the face, but what? No, not the right word. I didn't see it coming. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Slap in the face. Holy cow, man. Um, yeah, so I picked this movie because I mentioned it like I'm getting way ahead of myself, but I this is only my second time watching this movie. Yeah, me too. My first time was whenever it first came out. Um, and I remember it being like a lot more horror-ish. Yeah. Like I remember, like I feel like I remember a lot more like creatures and like more happening with the pale man and all that mm-hmm. shit. Yeah, I don't remember a lot of horror. That's why I guess you kind of pulled the same thing that I did with you with uh Shape of Water. Yeah. Like when I picked that, you're like, uh okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. And whenever I finished watching this, I was like, this is like the, this is the shape of water for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it's it's more of a drama with like a fantasy aspect to it with yeah. like a little bit of horror maybe but mm-hmm. not a whole lot yeah but regardless um i think we're gonna have a good discussion with it yeah i think so especially after the fucking wikipedia article that you pulled up oh my <laughs> god that's the most disturbing thing I've uh, seen. i can't wait <sighs> um but anyways, we've already jumped way ahead. We haven't even done our fucking intros. Um, what have you been up to this week? Uh, so this week, um, quite a bit. Uh, where did I lift off? Oh, yeah. Um, so for non-horror, <laughs> watched quite a bit of non-horror movies this week. I don't nice. know why, but uh, watched Jackass number two. Nice. Because uh, they're all on Paramount Plus now. Mm. And... Netflix has like all like the uh, the point fives on there too. Yeah. Um, it's like I like number two. I think the best part of it is the last prank that they pull on Aaron. Oh, with, is that uh, the terrorist. Yeah, the terrorist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking great. <laughs> um, watched Top Gun, not the not Top Gun Maverick, but the OG. Yeah. It's my first full watch of it. Uh, I enjoyed it. It was it was pretty good. It's pretty good. Can't believe you never watched that. Hey, I'm not the first, okay? I know you're not. <laughs> um, I took Monday off because we went to the Slipknot concert on Sunday mm-hmm. wearing the uh, sweatshirt. Me too. Nice. <laughs> uh, so I took the day off. So I finally, I bought the Godfather trilogy on Blu-ray like probably four months ago. And I haven't even watched any of them yet. Like I've, mm-hmm. I've seen the first two before. So I thought I'll throw on Godfather. 
and like I forgot that it's like three hours long. So yeah. <laughs> that was basically my full day. Uh, that was <clears throat> masterpiece. Yeah. Um, I went to the movies last night, as you know. Yeah. We uh, went with uh, our one of our fans. Uh, Bob's was watched the Bob's Burgers movie. Yeah. And it was great. I really like it. Um, I said a reveal in Letterbox, like we need more adults cartoons like on the big screen mm-hmm. because like the Simpsons movie was great. It did really well. This movie was really good. I'm sure it'll do pretty good. Yeah. And I feel like the South Park movie when it came out, like I don't know if it went to theaters because it was like 99 or 98. Yeah, I can't remember. And I was too young to watch that anyway at the time. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I feel like we need more of that shit. We need a Rick and Morty movie. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, and then into the horror. Uh, this one kind of horror adjacent. Okay. Um, I watched uh, Vertigo mm. for the first time. Um, Alfred Hitchcock's. Uh, it was really good, actually. Um, have you seen it before? No. Okay. It's on uh, IMDb's top 250 list as well. So. Okay. I thought I'd buy it. Um, it was good. There's a really good twist in it. I uh, really enjoyed it. Nice. It's kind of like slow, but it was good. Much like all of Hitchcock's movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then finally, I continued my Puppet Master watch <laughs> because they have all of them on Tubi now. And, oh man, we were talking about because we found that if you subscribe to full moon features yeah they're like streaming service you get this incredible box set of the puppet master movies and like mm-hmm. i was kind of debating of like signing up for it but like after watching the rest of the franchise i it's not worth it <laughs> <laughs> i don't think i'll watch a number of these movies again so you're you're hitting that point of where it's not fun anymore yeah um so now i'm into a new trilogy kind of storyline that they have okay it's uh the nazi trilogy oh yeah um so i watched the first one it's called puppet master axis of evil it's terrible like some of the worst acting i've seen in the franchise (laughs) uh they blend in nazis and japanese people with like guns Uh, it's just a mess and then i just finished right before recording um Puppet Master X, uh, Axis Rising. And it was a bit better than the first one because they added some new kind of evil puppets that I thought like looked really cool and some kills were cool. But again, the acting was terrible. They didn't even get the same actors from the last one, even though it's like the day after really? the first movie. So like two <laughs> main characters, like the girl has the wig on. It looks like the girl's hair from the first one. Yeah. And the acting is just so bad <laughs> it's so bad so i don't know i think i got like two or three left i've watched 11 of these now 11 yeah 11 oh my god and there's another axis of evil movie and then there's the one that came out in like 2020 or the, the last like Reich or the first Reich, yeah or something like that yeah so so got a couple more to get through. <laughs> the newest one, I didn't mind it. 
Oh, you watched it? Yeah, I watched okay. it whenever it first came out. It was okay. It, yeah, I know. I think Kevin uh, slash and Captain he liked that one too. I mm-hmm. think. But, so it might be like like me with Hellraiser. Like they started to get super shitty, and then the last one was actually okay. Yeah, and they're not that long. They're like I don't know, eighty minutes or so. Yeah, but still, Dude, it's tough it's to get through. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, what were you? I picked picked up my sock or pulled up my socks this week and I actually watched some shit. Nice. Um, last week was a PA day for the kids. So we uh, dropped Hunter off at Sarah's grandmother's and then we took Brady to go see the bad guys in theaters. Oh shit. Nice. Yeah. It was How a good was movie. It? it was really good. I yeah. Liked it. The animation looked really cool. Yeah. It's uh, the animation kind of reminded me of um, uh, that other animated movie with the family that came out last year. Oh, Mitchell's versus the machine. Yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. It kind of had animation like that yeah, I in can a way. See that actually. Um, I watched Studio Six Six Six. Nice. Which you were pissed off about. Well, I'm not pissed <laughs> off, but I was like, I didn't pick it for next week just to let you know. But okay. I was literally like seriously considering it because we both haven't seen it, and I know we both wanted to watch it and mm-hmm. love the Foo Fighters and stuff. So yeah. Yeah, just a, an ironic coincidence. Um, we watched Sonic the Hedgehog and Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Nice. Uh, I saw that uh, the second one is on Paramount Plus now. Yeah. Um, I was going to watch it the other night, but I was like, ah, I don't feel like watching watching it right now. It's good. Is I really it? liked it. Yeah, I really liked it. I liked the first one a lot. Mm-hmm. I gave them both three stars. So, I mean, like okay. for a kid's movie. Yeah. But yeah, Brady's watched the second one twice now mm-hmm. in like four days. Oh, so I'm going to start hating it, I'm sure, really yeah. soon. <laughs> um, I watched Hellbender, which is that one that's on Shudder. <clears throat> is that the, the, I think I watched that one, right? Yeah. That's the one did. with the, kind of like the witch. Yeah. 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 Um, it was okay. I, I, I don't know. I didn't love it, but. It wasn't yeah. the worst movie I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, and then the other night I tossed on Tremors while I was uh, making nice. that, that new YouTube video. I just wanted something on in the background, something yeah. easy to watch. And lastly, I struggled through Tetsuo the Iron Man. <laughs> uh, when he told me you like threw it on, I was like, oh man, like you're in for a treat. Yeah, it uh, arguably one of the most fucked up movies I've ever seen. Yes. Um, I'm happy it was only 67 minutes long. Yeah. Uh, it had some good elements to it. Yeah. But this, this fucking cult following that it has, I just don't get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The last like 10 minutes, like, I don't know what was going on. Like, yeah, the like stop motion, like moving like it made me like sick like mm-hmm. it was giving me a headache yeah it was yeah it's a very fucking weird movie um so that one and the sequel are on shutter and i don't think i'll be watching that maybe i will I think but... it's like bullet man yeah 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 it wasn't a good time i don't not in my opinion anyways but uh yeah other than that haven't done much. We went to, like you said, Slipknot concert on uh, Sunday night. Uh, absolute fucking blast. 
if any of our listeners get the chance to see them if you haven't already do it yeah uh we've both seen them multiple times now but mm-hmm. they never get old um yeah started reading again i have two of your three of your books actually so i gotta fucking get through them yeah you do yeah i have american psycho that aliens omnibus and uh and uh the devil Devil may dance Dance, yeah 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 gotta get through them yeah i'm reading the house of leaves for uh for a little book club that Mm -hmm. we're doing with uh porcelain peak yeah um i'm starting to get into it now a little bit it's still very odd to me but yeah i'm liking it yeah good yeah you guys keep talking about it and it makes me want to start it again yeah we shall see all right um you're good ready to talk about this movie sorry just one sec sorry i had to tell bettina to turn the ac on you getting hot yeah getting toasty um all right you ready to talk about this movie Yes, sir. Sweet. Okay, like we said in the intro this week, we're talking about 2006's Pan's Labyrinth. Before we hop into it, what are you drinking? So, uh, we got our monthly delivery of Dominion City. So, I am Very drinking nice. a Karmic Pardon. Hmm. You can... yeah, there we go. Cool. <laughs> I don't think I've had this one yet. I've never heard of it. It's a pale ale, but the... The can makes it look like it'd be like a fruity one. I thought it would be a juicy. Yeah. No. Hmm. It does look like a juicy ass IPA though. Like when you pour it? Yeah. Huh. What are you drinking? Uh well, it's summertime. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm doing this uh weight loss thing with uh Parsons, our friend, our buddy Parsons. Nice. Um, so I'm back into my fucking vodka smash nice watermelon mm-hmm. vodka smash with uh, a hint of mint mm-hmm. lightly carbonated and not too sweet yeah <laughs> yeah speaking of the uh the weight loss thing like also i don't need to lose weight because i can't gain fucking weight at all but yeah. uh i'm doing a mud here with our friend casey actually next weekend yeah so i bought uh well you already know but um ring fit adventure mm-hmm. it's uh, a game on the switch run who doesn't know and it is like legit like yeah it's one of the best like fitness games like the one for the wii was like awesome mm-hmm. but this one is like it's an rpg so like you actually like collect shit and oh that's cool like equip like clothes and stuff and like make smoothies and huh. and uh it actually it kicks your ass like nice. yes yeah. So, I know Casey keeps trying to get me to get it. I'm gonna have yeah. to eventually. I think you would like it. I think like the kids would fall. Well, you could set the difficulty differently, but yeah, I think it's it's a good game for people. Nice. Yeah. 
Um, my drink's really good. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Anyways, uh, I get start with the synopsis. In the in the phalangist Spain of 1944, the bookish young stepdaughter of a sadistic army officer escapes into an eerie but captivating fantasy world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, she does. Uh, this movie is directed by Guillermo del Toro, who also did The Shape of Water. Yeah. Um, he did Pacific Rim, Hellboy 1 and 2, Blade 2, um, PT, which is the scariest fucking video game ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like a what, like a fucking 15 minute thing. It was a yeah, pl- I think we've talked about it probably like three or four times on the podcast throughout the years. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, stands for playable trailer. It was supposed to be a new video game that was coming out. They never made the game, but they fucking released this and it's terrifying. Yeah, it, it was a Silent Hill game that yeah. was going to be. Yeah, and I fucking wish that they would have done it. Yeah. Um, and he also did, or he's doing, sorry, the an upcoming Pinocchio movie. Yes, not to be confused with the one that's being released on Disney Plus. I literally have that in quotations. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and IMDb just posted the uh, teaser trailer for that one that you mentioned. Yeah. yeah. Did you watch it? It looks really good. Yeah. Like the casting is, well, especially Tom Hanks as yeah. Geppetto is like yeah. perfect. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt's in it. I yeah. He, is he playing uh, Jiminy Cricket? I don't know who is um, uh, Keegan Michael Key. Yeah, is in it. Yeah, I think it's gonna be really good. I love yeah. the cartoon, like mm-hmm. the the original one. That shit's terrifying too. I know. I'm really excited for Del Toro's because it's a more dark version. Yeah. So I'm excited because like Pinocchio is scary as shit. Mm-hmm. When he goes to. Uh... I can't remember what the place is called, but like where they turn the kids into donkeys and shit. Like, yeah, that was fucking scary, man. I was thinking like watching that trailer, like how is Disney going to do that? Yeah. In the live version. Yeah. I don't know. I, I hope it's good. I hope both of them are good. Pinocchio yeah. is such a cool story. Mm-hmm. Um, Moving on to the cast list. This is a Spanish movie. So, all of our actors and actresses are Spanish except for one. Um, so their movie lists are going to be very short or nothing. Because... Yeah, I didn't write anything down for the cast. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't know anything really. Uh, starting off, I have uh, Ivana Bacchiero, who played oh. Ophelia. Um, she has been in the Shannara Chronicles, which was a John Favreau show. That came out like last year, two years ago. Um, Black Friday, another me and the Misfits Club. Did you see her? Like her IMDb? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Oh, she grew up. Yeah, she did. Yeah. <laughs> she yeah. is a gorgeous woman. Um, Sir Sergi or Sergey Lopez. He played Captain Vidal. Um, his whole cat or his whole movie list was Spanish movies. I didn't write any down. Um, Maribel Verdu played Mercedes again, all Spanish movies and Ariadna Gill who played Carmen and again, all Spanish movies. Um, and I have one honorable mention. 
Yes. I'm sure you do as well. Yeah. Same guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, the legendary Doug Bradley played uh, Fawn and the Pale Man. Yeah. I, I knew and, he did the Pale Man, but I forgot about Fawn. Yeah. And he had to learn Spanish. So, oh, that's actually his voice? No, it's not his voice. But he... Is it his voice? I forget what I read. But he also had to learn Spanish because he had to know when to talk after Ophelia. That's true. So he had to learn Spanish so he knew when his next line was. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Um, There's a lot of interesting facts with this movie, though. But uh, Mm. one of them was that um, someone wanted to make this movie in English, but Del Toro... Like they offered him more money and stuff, but he just refused it because he wanted to make it in Spanish, hmm. like original to his idea. Yeah. I, uh, I was reading a thing. Um, like it was in like one of the reviews or something that I was reading and his American movies don't do nearly as well as his Spanish movies. Cause like he did this and this won three Oscars. Um, he did uh the devil's backbone which was like a hugely critical success um and he did another spanish one but i can't remember what it's called i don't i don't think he won an oscar for this no but the movie won an oscar i mean okay like his his spanish movies are just like critically better right than than his american movies. because the shape of water was his first oscar yeah like as a director okay but yeah i know that the movie for i don't know what the award was but it got it got three maybe it's nominated for three maybe i read it wrong i think it was like the music maybe Mm -hmm. i won three oscars yeah suck it brooke yeah cinematography art direction and makeup makes sense yeah the makeup was fucking unreal yeah (laughs) yeah all right that's all i got for a cast list i doubt you have anybody else no i don't got anyone else (laughs) i totally forgot this movie was in spanish yeah you texted me that last night because i got the dvd and like threw it on and then it's like spanish i was like i remember this being in spanish like did i buy the fucking spanish version (laughs) (laughs) i had to look it up on Google, be like, yeah. is this original language Spanish? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep, sure is. All right, let's fucking dive into this movie. Let's do it. Um, so I believe this is, is this after World War II, like the end of it? It's within it. So it's 1944. Okay. So it, it takes place in Spain, I'm guessing. Yeah. And because this is kind of part of that I was like, kind of like confused about. <laughs> But uh, were the Nazis invading Spain or was Spain going there to clear out Europe? No, so this was, it was during World War II, but it was five years after the Spanish Civil War finished. Um, And small groups of like guerrilla rebels continued to fight against the dictatorship led by uh, Francisco Franco, um, who's not in the movie, but. Oh, okay. Because, like, um, what's his name? Uh, Vidal. He was just one of the captains. Like, he wasn't. 
Okay, so okay, so I thought that like Fidal and them were like Nazis or like Germans. No, no, they're just uh, they're Spanish, like the government, like soldiers. Yeah, it's like a yeah, yeah, like the Spanish military. But he's okay, fucking psychotic. Yeah, he's fucking smart as hell too. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, So yeah, we meet uh, Ophelia and her mom. Her mom's very pregnant. Uh, Amelia's uh, dad died during the war, and now the mom is with um, Vidal. Mm-hmm. Uh, does it ever say that, obviously, the kid is Vidal's, right? The boy. Like she, wasn't, she wasn't pregnant before they met. Like I don't think it ever says anything like that. Eh? No, no. The, the baby that she's pregnant with is his, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Ophelia is kind of like the mom really wants her to like keep saying, no, it's your, your stepdad or dad, mm-hmm. but she's like very against it. It's like, no, nah, it's not my dad. Yeah. Cause he's kind of, he's a general. So he's like kind of very hard and he only really cares about having a boy. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's a fucking piece of shit too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you think in this movie that, all of this is just in like Ophelia's head to kind of get away from the war. Yes. That's my thought process. Thought the Holy fuck thought <laughs> process on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I talk about that in my review that like, I love how it leaves that open to interpretation. Like it never actually, well, because like, I guess maybe it doesn't leave it open to interpretation because nobody else sees these creatures around her. Right. Yeah. And like, even at the end, Vidal comes up behind her and she's talking to the fawn mm-hmm. and he can't see him. No. no. And the fawn, like you would think would do something to interfere with what happens at the end. Yeah. So I think this is, yeah, like you said, this is just her imagination running wild. It's mm-hmm. her escape from, from the war and everything that's been going on. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's like, yeah, just stuff that she's kind of manifested in her own mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's like, like I do. She's like, like oh. no, go ahead. I was going to say, she's like dreaming of a better life with like the whole. That yeah. To kind of keep her like mind off of everything that's happening. Cause her mom's like really sick mm-hmm. and she's like kind of dreaming up ways to help her mom and kind of think that she's helping in some way. Mm-hmm. Because, like, the moment does end up dying. Because um, at one point she gets a mandrake, mandrake from the fawn. Yeah. Uh, and, like, throughout the movie, you think, like, it's, it's like, a real mandrake. And she, like, can it's feeding it, like, milk. And it's, like, crying and stuff. And then the mom, like, all of a sudden starts feeling better. And then um, and at one point the general finds the mandrake. And... Mm-hmm throws in the fire and then like there's like no there's, like quiet but then when it cuts to uh Ophelia like the mandrake starts like crying and mm. shit yeah yeah I thought it was funny that they used a mandrake root because they have those in Harry Potter oh that is what Bettina said because she'd never seen this movie before yeah and uh when it showed the mandrake she's like oh they like they copied it from Harry Potter Harry oh, Potter was first Jesus Christ <laughs> yeah 
Um, and I do like, I mean, we're getting ahead, but whatever. Uh, I think that like Ophelia actually did like die in, in the war and kind of from the general, because I don't know, why do you think the general ended up killing her just because her mom was dead and the dad was dead and he had his son now? Yeah. I don't think he wanted responsibility of a child that wasn't his first and foremost. And secondly, Mm -hmm. she was a female and like yeah. you said, he only cared about a boy and carrying on his name and his father's name, which is one of the lines that he says. Yeah. Um, Cause he tells the doctor, like whenever um, Carmen is still alive, uh, the doctor says, I don't know what's like, why it's happening or how it's happening, but her fever's going down. This is very good news, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then Vidal says to the doctor, if it comes down to it, kill her and save the child. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I was hoping so bad at the end it would have been a girl. Oh, fuck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been so funny. Yeah. I love the way they incorporate, like, the stories throughout it um, with uh, the stopwatch. Because I have one, like, one of the dinner scenes, some other soldier or whatever mentions that he knew Vidal's dad. And that he heard the story that his dad, like, broke the stopwatch whenever he died. So he knew when it whenever he passed yeah and then Vidal is like oh that's silly my dad never owned a watch and then the end of the movie whenever he has the watch mm-hmm. and he like comes out in front of all the uh the rebels I guess yeah um he has the watch and then he's like uh he looks at the time he's like oh tell my son what time I died at and then Mercedes is just like oh no no, he's not even going to know your fucking name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. There's such a badass, like, yeah, way to get rid of him. Yeah. And then, yeah. Um, and then you find like Ophelia at the end and she's, she's passed on and we won't get right into the very end scene. You know, we, we pretty much uh, we have what happens. But, we have uh, skipped everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that brings us to the opening scene because the opening scene is Ophelia laying in the same spot and there's blood coming out of her nose. And it's kind of like doing like a reversal, like showing like her waking up again and back to like how this all happened. Yeah. So you kind of do know that like she probably does die at the end of the movie. But mm-hmm. yeah. Um I like the uh, the kind of characters they have, like the fantasy characters. Like you get that like walking stick kind of thing that she finds. Yeah. And then it keeps like falling around and stuff like that. And then she has like this little book of hers and she's like, oh, are you a fairy? And it doesn't speak, but then it turns itself into like the fairy. I thought it was really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, uh, the imagination of whoever did these creature designs is really good. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, like you said, there's the fairies and then there's the fawn who looks unreal. Like, he looks yeah. so sick, Crazy, man. crazy. Um, he's got, like, he's got, like, those, like, reverse knee kind of, like, a stance like that. Like, his legs mm-hmm. are, like, bent at a fucking, like, yeah. a goat, I guess. Yeah. And he's got, like, fucking big-ass horns and, like, oh, man, he looks so cool. And then the pale man is just 
Wow. Crazy. Wow. Probably, <laughs> probably the most memorable part from this. Oh, yeah. This movie. Yeah. Um, but before we get to the pale man, she is following the one fairy, kind of like the main fairy. There's three in the movie. Yeah. There's like a, a green one, a blue one, and then uh, like a brown one or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but she goes down to the staircase in the middle of the labyrinth. And this is where she meets uh, the fawn, which doesn't tell you who he is. Cause it doesn't say like, she asks like, who are you? And he says, Oh, I go by many names. Mm-hmm. He doesn't actually say his name. Like the end of the movie, I was like, okay, like who the fuck is pan? Yeah. That's, I wanted to ask you if you yeah. looked that up. So that's why I looked it up. So the yeah. one I sent you, the Greek God is pan. Okay. So what's, who, What's his significance to this movie? So Pan is the god of the wild shepherds and flocks, rustic, rustic music, and impromptus. He is the companion of the nymphs. He's also known um, as the god of sexuality and fertility. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's the only Greek god who actually dies. Really? Yeah, from okay. what I read a little bit of. Um and he's apparently the son of Hermes, but there's also another story where he's a goat fucker. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I sent you the fucking picture of it. It's like a statue, and it's literally him with the penis, and he's like fucking a goat. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Oh my god. Um. Yeah. Yeah, there's a whole lot of stuff about him. Do we know like why he like why they named this movie Pan's Labyrinth though? Because it's his labyrinth, I think. Like okay. his like he's the one that's at the bottom of the 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 staircase and at the end like he's the one that is kind of showing her the way like he knows about the toad in the tree and at the the, end that's the fawn that does that is it not or is the fawn yeah yeah oh okay yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. i got you yeah i'm picking up what you're putting down yeah yeah so yeah the fawn is pan he's like the god who's like half goat and half man okay i got yeah 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 um and he mentions to ophelia that um because he like recognizes her and he says that she is the daughter of the king of the underworld. Um, yeah. So, like, I think this is still all in, like, her head, like, her kind of fantasy, I think, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe she, like, read up on Greek gods or something like that. And Well, she, she is a bookworm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's understandable that she would have this type of imagination. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another thing I want to ask you, we kind of talked about it in the group chat, but on my copy of the DVD, it mm-hmm. had a quote from someone from Entertainment Weekly saying something along the lines like the fantasy is on the same level basically as Lord of the Rings. And I was asking you, like, do you think the fantasy part, the fantasy aspect of this movie is on par with Lord of the Rings? Not even close, man. Yeah. Not even close. Like this movie is very, very good. Yeah. Like, in ter- I can't even say that it's almost as good as Lord of the Rings because those movies are like 
perfection, but like it's a very good movie, but the fantasy. And I think I can't remember who's, I think it was Steven that said it. Like they're not even in the same vein. No. Right. Like the, the fantasy in Pan's Labyrinth is like secondary to what's actually going on in the movie. Yeah. And And the fantasy is taken from other like old history and other parts of literature. Whereas like Lord of the Rings, it's like all original like books and stuff that was, you know, made. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a, it's a very weird comparison and I don't like it. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, like I said, this movie is great, but it's not even what it came out the year after the trilogy ended right yeah because it was 2003 to 2005 i think right something like was that. lord of the rings something like that yeah yeah i would put this more in like the vein of like bridge to terabithia you know like a little more darker yeah. a little more darker but it, it's it's got that sort of feel to it because it's it's a figment of a child's imagination yeah yeah <clears throat> um yeah, so I was watching it with Tina, uh, and we got to one point. She's like, "Is this even like a horror movie? Like, what's horror about it?" And then I was like, "I told her, like, I don't know. It's kind of like dark and twisted." And then we got to the scene with the general stealing the wine or whatever from the two like prisoners. Yeah, and they're like out hunting rabbits, mm-hmm. and. He doesn't believe them and the son's like, oh yeah, my dad said we're hunting rabbits. So like you have to believe him. He wouldn't lie. Yeah. And I totally forgot about this part. I don't know. Oh, me too. Oh yeah. But he just grabs the (laughs) bottle and just keeps smashing it in the guy's face. And like the camera isn't panning away. No, it starts off. The guys. Yeah. Go ahead. It starts off in the front and then it moves to the side. So you can see his whole face getting like fucking caved in. Yeah. You see his nose like disappear into his face. Yeah. And it is vicious. And then after he's like looking through the bag and he finds the fucking rabbit and he just tells like the guards, like, make sure you fucking search the bag before you call me for this kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, cause I just killed those assholes. Is what he says. (laughs) But uh, I guess Del Toro got in a ton of shit from the public for this movie. Really? Because I forgot what the rating was on it, but people brought kids to this movie because they thought it was a kid's movie. Yeah. Okay. And then especially this scene, but I mean, the movie as a whole is dark. But that's not his fault. That's the fucking, that's the no. NCAA's fault. Yeah. It's, it's 14A. Oh, come on. So, I mean, what are you bringing your kids to laugh for then? Yeah. This yeah. movie, what do you, this movie does not deserve an R rating. No, I guess. Yeah. So the next step up would be 18 plus. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. No, this, yeah. This, yeah. Fuck. Well, yeah, I guess he did get in uh, a lot of uh, backlash from parents and stuff. Well, do better parenting then. Yes. if i brought my kid to a 14a movie and it was this movie i would be like okay shit maybe i should follow the rating system then like that's not that's not any fault of anybody's other than your own like yeah like think about how many horror movies are 14a Mm -hmm. 
Like, I don't know. Fuck yeah. those people. <clears throat> well, I'm sure from the trailer, like, I don't know, even just like knowing this movie without like kind of watching it. Um, like I kind of went into it like, oh, like nothing's going to be like really bad or like gory or anything like that. Like it's kind of like the shape of water. Like you don't really yeah. expect anything gruesome, but I wasn't expecting. No, like I wasn't expecting any of the gore. Like I completely forgot about that bottle smash. And then there's a scene later on that like fucking threw me for a loop with the fucking knife in, in the mouth. Oh yeah. It's like, that whoa, was brutal. Yeah. wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, Ophelia has like her book and I think at the back, they're all like blank pages. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's the fawn or pan, I guess we'll start calling them pan that is like filling in the book. Yeah. I mean, kind of telling her what to do. Uh, so her next task is she has to go to this tree and feed the toad three stones. Um, the toad looked fucking great. Yeah. Looked really good. Yeah, he did. I like how when she fed him the stones, he just like his whole inside of his body just like came out came of his out. mouth. <laughs> and he's turned into like a flat fucking skin. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it was good imagery. Yeah, so she had like this nice dress made up and she gets all like muddy and stuff. Then she gets home and like her mom's like obviously pissed at her. And like I say, like, what's up with parents punishing their kids without supper? Yeah. I I feel like that's not a thing anymore. It's I don't think it is. I've never done it and I never (laughs) would do it. Yeah. Um, It happened to me once. Okay. When I was a kid. But I mean, yeah. I, there's no way I would use that as punishment. No, it's like, like, like yeah, you're five years old, and I'm gonna send you to bed with no supper, and you're gonna fucking starve all night. <laughs> yeah, like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> Some Ugh. of these fucking sadistic like punishments that people came up with is fucking wild, man. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh, so yeah, at one point uh, there's kind of like a fire that's happening. Um, so like the general goes up to investigate and he finds like this bag beside the fire. And, um, like I said before, Vidal is very smart. Yeah. Like there, there's a reason why he's the general, like he's the leader. Like he finds this little bag, finds a little medicine thing. And then right away he like looks around. He's like, yeah, okay. There's, he's like, they're still here. There's 12 guys. And then he like goes up and he's like, Hey, did you forget this? Like, come get it. Like, it won't hurt you. Mm-hmm. And then he cuts later and you see all like the guys come up and there's like probably about 12 of them. And he has a doctor that's kind of helping him through all this um, mm-hmm. to treat uh, Carmen. Yeah. And at one point he figures out that Fidel was helping them as like a part of it. Yeah. And you learn that Mercedes is also a part of them because she's kind of like kept captive there. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like a maid. And uh, her brother Pedro is like in the war. And I don't know if she has like a husband or anything like that. But, was Pedro uh, her brother? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I missed that. Yeah. I yeah. thought they were like lovers. No, no. He has her brother. But uh, I guess that makes sense. I didn't ever saw them kiss or anything, just hug. Yeah. So yeah, doc, the doctor and Mercedes are like kind of working together. Um, 
And now Ophelia is like moving into like a basement or another room because like the the general like the mom's getting more and more sick. And because uh, I think at this point she started bleeding. Like in the book, it had like the like the red looked like a uterus kind of yeah, and then like her mom started bleeding and yeah, not going good. So she gets moved, and then the uh, pan shows up in her room. It's very creepy, like the way he just like starts talking, mm-hmm. and she's like looking around, and you can't see him, and he just like kind of like walks up. Yeah, it's awesome. The uh, the script in this movie is really cool when it comes to like like pan's uh, dialogue. I really like a lot of the lines that he uses. Uh-huh. Like even you said it before, like just how he describes himself, like, like yeah. his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now he's telling her next task is to get a key from, I'm not, uh, I wasn't, I was typing notes at this point, so I wasn't sure like where exactly she was going, but she's going to retrieve a key from this room and basically he doesn't like tell her much all he really says is like whatever you do don't eat or drink anything from the table yeah the uh the key came from the frog oh sorry the key oh the so, dagger yeah she had to going yeah. she had to use the key in right. the room right yeah yeah you're right yeah yeah she had to get like some dagger or something like that mm-hmm. um so like she like draws chalk on the floor very Beetlejuice like. Uh, <laughs> so she's in this room and she brings the three fairies with her. And uh, she comes to this walnut table. And then down the table, you see the pale man. Mm-hmm. And he's fucking creepy. Yeah. He has like his hands like on the table. He has like no face really. Mm-hmm. And like she looks up at like the wall and so like, uh, like painting and stuff. I was like the pale man, like eating kids. Yeah. And stuff. It's fucking scary. And then she looks over and there's like this fucking huge, like mountain of children's shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Which just added um, to it. So some of I read in the trivia was that I guess during the premiere, Stephen King was sitting beside Del Toro while watching this. And this scene scared Stephen King. Really? And Del Toro said that. That was like his Oscar to him. I was going to say I'd retire. Like, okay. Yeah. So the pale man scared Stephen King. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. So he's like, that's like my Oscar right yeah. there. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, she gets the dagger. She's walking out and then she fucking tries eating a graper first. And the fairies are like trying to stop her. They're like, no, like don't, they're not saying anything they can't speak mm-hmm. but you know they're trying to stop her and she keeps like shooting away and they keep going back like no don't do it like yeah. don't and she fucking eats a grape and then it's in the background she's not paying attention you see him like put his hands on like the fucking eyeballs and like go up and <laughs> eyes are in his hands and it's fucking creepy and he like stands up and yeah they're like freaking out and then he grabs two of the fairies and I was like fucking pissed. I was like, you just got these two motherfuckers killed. I know. I was like, yeah, this scene really made me mad. Yeah. And he fucking bites their heads off. Brutal. That's scary. (laughs) And like, he's got their fucking blood all dripping out his mouth. It just made him even more scary. But yeah, like this scene pissed me off. Like you got 
a very, very stern warning from Pan. Yeah. He said, do not eat anything on that table. Your life depends on it. Yeah. And what she do of all the stuff that she could eat on that table, she eats grapes. Yeah. Like if you're like, I don't know about you, but for me personally, I love grapes, but yeah. I'm not willing to risk my fucking life for two of them. No, no. But I mean, she's what, like 12 years old. So yeah, I guess we can cut her some well, like, slack. She but... even like sees them get their head bits off and she doesn't even seem like she like gives a damn. Like, yeah. She just starts running away. And uh, um, Bettina pointed this out too. Like she has like a, one of those, uh, the sand timer. Oh, uh, an hourglass? Hourglass, yeah. Thank yeah. you. Um, at like the door where she drew and it's like not in her vision of sight. So Bettina is like, how is she going to know when the time's up on the door? <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's fair. Maybe the fairy can go like take a look or something. Yeah, it's a very good point. Well, yeah, she's like running towards it and uh, the door closes. And you see like the pale man, like it looks like he's wearing those like popular pants that like kids these days wear. Uh, like parachute pants. Yeah, yeah. that's Like it. MC Hammer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's just like fucking like walking, chasing after her. And yeah, it's scary, man. It is scary. He's he's a very creepy character yeah. for sure. Um what do you think he represents in her mind? Because like you have to think that each one of these characters sort of represents something within her. I mean, pro my first guess is probably Vidal. That's kind of what I was thinking too. Cause like we don't know if he's killed children or not, but like she might be seeing like, or like any war figure. Cause like, mm-hmm. you know, that innocents are dying and like women and children are dying. So I kind of had the thought that like he would represent the war that's kind of happening. Yeah. We're very prepared as you can see. <laughs> well, it's hard to be prepared when, when you ask off the cuff questions. Okay. So the first thing that comes up is, so we were, we were right. Uh, the pale man is for Ophelia, a symbol of the captain in the adult world. Mm. So the pale man takes the fairies, bites their heads off, and eats them, and that can be a symbolism of destroying childhood and innocence. Yeah. So that's basically how she sees the captain. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that for sure. Yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking, because like the fairies would represent like small children mm-hmm. because they're small creatures, I guess. Yeah yeah um yeah so the mom's like getting better and then we as i said before he finds the mandrake under the bed puts in the fire um and then the rebels they created a version by like blowing up a train and at one point in the movie uh, mercedes has like the storage room key to like all the food and supplies and stuff and he takes it from her and asks her like hey is this the only copy and she says yes Mm-hmm. so they have this big diversion they come back and they find that the storage room or whatever was like broken into except that the lock wasn't broken yeah so like vidal like like i said he's very smart he he doesn't say it but you can see on his face that he knows mm-hmm. but the whole time he's fucking with mercedes oh yeah yeah which i kind of love like he plays a good bad guy yeah he does yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and then they end up capturing another guy who I forget what his name was, but he's a he has a stutter. Mm-hmm. And I really like this scene too. Whenever he has him in the storage room, and uh, Fidal is like, um, he's like kind of like explaining to him what he's going to do. He has like a hammer. He's like at this point, like you know, I may trust you a little bit, but not that much. Mm-hmm. So he like has like the tweezers or whatever the pliers. pliers. He's like, at this point, like, you're going to say some things and I'm going to believe you. And then he brings out a, a knife and he's like, this is when we become friends. Like, I'll yeah. believe everything you say. Yeah, he said, I'll believe yeah. whatever you tell me. Yeah. And he goes up to him and he's like, he's like, we're going to make you a deal. If you can count to three without stuttering, uh, I'll let you walk free. Yeah. And then he like goes to his like commanders is like, if I let him free, you won't argue with me, right? They're like, nope. Yeah. And like Bettina was saying, like the guy that played the stutter did like a great fucking job. Like yeah, this scene did. was really good. Mm-hmm. Considering like, he only has a really small part, like they they got a really good mm-hmm. actor for it. Yeah. Like he's trying not to start. He gets like one and two and then like three. He can't even say it because he's just, yeah. he's obviously fucking nervous, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so he doesn't kill him, but he fucks him up pretty good. And then the doctor comes in and the doctor's supposed to like help him. And at this point, you know that uh, the doctor is like with them. Yeah. And when the Fidal is standing by the door, he sees like his case of all his like medicine stuff. Mm-hmm. And he picks up the little vial and he grabs one from his pocket that he found before. And he realizes that they're the same fucking vial. Mm-hmm. So again, he doesn't say anything. <laughs> he knows he just leaves him walks out does his own business or whatever yeah and then the doctor ends up killing the stutterer with uh poison or something yeah the guy asked him to do it like yeah the doctor didn't do it out of malice it was just to like yeah take away his pain basically exactly um and then the doctor is like he's basically like uh fuck this like i'm leaving like and then uh vidal ends up shooting in the back and killing him yeah like a coward Yep. Uh, what do you think of the the scene with um, Pan confronting Ophelia about uh, basically her fucking up? I really liked it because Pan throughout the whole movie has had a very calm demeanor. He he uh-huh. speaks softly. He has a deep voice, but he speaks softly. <clears throat> and then, so Ophelia gives him the dagger that she got from the pale man's room there. And then she said something went wrong. And then the fairy goes and whispers in his ear and he just like, he goes nuts. He's like, he's like, I told you. Um, He's like, you're on your own now. I'm leaving. You have no more chances. And he's Mm -hmm. like freaking out. And she's like crying and asking him not to leave and whatnot. And Mm -hmm. he's just like, no, that's it. And he he leaves. Yeah. But he basically doesn't show up until the end of the movie. Yeah. And like whatever that scene happened, I was like, "Oh shit!" Like, is that the end of that storyline now? <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I really liked that scene. I liked uh, I liked the change in character. Yeah, because Pan says basically like you failed. The full moon is in three days. Um, so yeah, like what was her goal? That's what that? I was just gonna ask you. Like, what's the significance of the full moon? Because she gets the knife. Because he obviously has to have the knife to 
um, spill the blood of the innocents. Yeah. To, I guess, I don't know if it's like to awaken her dad, like the king of the underworld or whatever, um, or to get into that world. That that's her end goal, but she doesn't know what needs to be done. No, yet she but, just I mean, knows she has the knife, right? Yeah, she just knows that she that there's three tasks that she has to do in order to be reunited with her father. I wonder if since the pale man represents the captain, yeah, if she didn't wake up the pale man do you think she would have died because hmm. maybe he thinks since she woke up the pale man like he's awake now and he's coming after her so she's maybe woken up she, like the... then she wouldn't be able to fulfill the whatever it is hmm. i don't know well and like yeah that's almost like a um like him chasing her is almost prefacing like the end of the movie too, right? Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. Because maybe if she didn't wake the pale man, then maybe the baby brother doesn't make it, and then that's the like offering or something. I yeah, because that's true, eh? Because like who would like maybe- I'm just trying to piece it together because like in his book that he like writes the messages like why did he have like the the blood page and then the mom started bleeding Mm -hmm. but then he ends up helping the mom with the mandrake so i don't know yeah so yeah like let's just let's just say that the the mother and the baby don't survive like who's going to be the blood of the innocents that they Mm -hmm. sacrifice maybe that is a sacrifice what one of them even though the mom does die anyway, but yeah, but let's just say they both die. Like you think yeah. that would be the sacrifice? Yeah, maybe. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I like the ending we got better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, excuse me. So now they have the baby. The, the mom is dead now. Mercedes is leaving. Uh, she wants to bring um, Ophelia with her. Yeah. Um, Another dumb part, I mean, a dumb character decision. Uh, Mercedes, throughout the whole movie, she's, like, cutting stuff. She has, like, a knife that she keeps, like, in her chest, like, under her dress. And she's tied up with the general. And she has a knife, and she escapes, and she stabs him, like, two times. Yeah. And I was like, just fucking kill him. Uh, Yeah. That... (sighs) I did like the scene. It was kind of it was very Jokerish, obviously. Yeah. Um, before that came out, but uh, she puts the knife in his mouth, and I forget what she says. She's like, "I've cut many men before," or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then she like gets him like a half Chelsea grin. Yeah, it's fucking gross. It is gross, and it's fucking gross later on too. Whenever he gets it all cleaned up and he's like stitching it. Ugh, yeah, Jesus. yeah. And he keeps taking shots, and like he takes the first shot, it's like hurt so many. He's like, oh, I'll take another one. Yeah. And it like seeps through like the cut and into the bandage that he has on yeah. his face. Ugh. Um, yeah, I was pissed off at that part too. Like that she just doesn't kill him. Like slit his throat. You're there. Mm-hmm. You fucking have the opportunity to kill this guy. Yeah. Just do it. Um, 
one thing I didn't like, and like going back to the whole mouth thing, and I mentioned like whenever he's cleaning it up, so he's got it all cleaned up and he's not, he doesn't have it stitched yet, but there's no blood coming out of it anymore. Mm. It's just like a clean, it's just like two flaps of skin there now, no blood yeah. coming out of it. I'm like, that's not realistic. It's going to continue to bleed. Yeah. And just like, it didn't make sense. Like it had already looked like it was healed. It did look very CGI-ish. Yeah. Yeah. It looked cool, mm-hmm. but it just, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, she like runs away and does kind of thinking like, why wouldn't they just kill her? But I guess they kind of need her to take care of the baby. Yeah. Because the general is not going to like take care of the baby. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and if, if she, he knows that she's working with the rebels, right. So she's almost kind of keeping the rebels at bay in a mm-hmm. sense. Cause like, if they kill her, then they're likely going to like go ape shit and attack even harder than they have been. Yeah. So she's kind of like the bridge between the two of them. Yeah. And uh, like that part, whatever she's running away, like, like the, the soldiers made a mistake. They sent like all their top guys to chase after her. Yeah, I know. And they're like surrounding her and it's like all their top guys <laughs> and they all get fucking killed except for uh, Serrano. I think his name is. Yeah. Who makes it back. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. it's just lost. Like, half your fucking army yeah just chasing this girl like yeah like vidal's second hand man he gets killed during it and everything i love during the one um scene whenever they were fighting the uh the rebels and they're like hiding behind trees and vidal's like right up there with them yeah and he like looks as strong he's like i forget what he says but he, goes, he basically says, like, don't be a coward, like, get up there in the fucking action or something like that. He said, this is the only the only honorable way to die or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so I guess we're basically getting to the end of the movie. So uh, the rebels fully attack um, the house and everyone is dying. Ophelia grabs the brother. And she's running into the labyrinth and the uh, Vidal is chasing after her. And we, we at this it. point, Pan is helping her. I was just going to say, like, Pan comes back. Because she comes to a dead end. And then he, like, opens the, the maze, which looked really cool, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's weird that I guess he couldn't s- save her because... It's all in her head, right? Yeah. Do you think Pan represents like her? Ah, oh, fuck! I had the word in my mouth and I forgot it. Savior. Like her hope. Oh yeah. Because yeah. like she she fails and then he leaves, so like she's lost hope. Mm-hmm. But then the rebels attack again, and she she starts to gain that hope back, and then he comes back. Yeah. I'm wondering if that's kind of what his representation is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he comes back and says, I'll give you one more chance. Like the full moon is tonight. Yeah. Um, you need to go and get your brother as fast as possible and bring him to the labyrinth. Yeah. And she yeah. says, well, the door's locked. And he goes, well, I'll make your own door. Like he's already told her how to, like he's shown her how to do it yeah. with the chalk. Yeah. And I loved this scene too, because she gets in there and the brother is in uh, Vidal's room. And he's in like a little bassinet. And this is when Vidal's stitching himself up. Mm -hmm. 
So she comes in and she hides and stupid child puts the fucking piece of chalk on top of the table. Yeah. And so she's hiding. And then Vidal comes around and he's pouring himself the uh, shot, like you said. And then he notices the chalk. So then he starts looking around the room for her. And then that's when uh, Ser- Serrano, you said mm-hmm. his name is, he comes to the room and says, like, there's been another attack and like nobody's left, basically. Like, we have 20 men left. Yeah. Yeah. So then that's when he he leaves and then she poisons his second shot mm-hmm. and then he comes back. Um, but whenever he comes back, he doesn't see her again until he turns around and she's at the door with the with, brother, with the brother. Yeah. And he's already taken his shot and then he like stumbles <clears throat> after her. Yeah. And yeah, like very Jack Torrance, like chases her into the <laughs> yeah. labyrinth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so she's in the labyrinth and, uh, Pan has like the knife that she has. And he's basically saying like, okay, pass me your brother. Like we need to do the sack. Well, he doesn't say sacrifice, but says like the blood of the innocence, Mm -hmm. innocent or whatever. And he says like, and she's kind of hesitant and she, he's like, oh, it's okay. It won't hurt him. It's just one little prick. Yeah. So like, I don't know if he was actually going to kill the kid or just like take some of his blood i wasn't sure at that point but then at the end of the movie they mention like you you gave up your own throne so that or to save to save an innocent person or something like that yeah because so basically vadal comes and gets the kid mm-hmm. and then he can like leave but then he turns and shoots ophelia yeah, yeah. and she falls and is bleeding and she starts like bleeding off her hand like into the 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 hole whatever it is the pit or whatever yeah yeah. um and then so then vidal runs out and all of the rebels are there and the the part that we talked about at the very beginning um Mm -hmm. when he gets killed it's great great scene yeah um and then mercedes comes in and she sees ophelia there like she's like died and she's like obviously heartbroken but then you see the blood go down and then Ophelia like wakes up and uh she's like in this like kind of fantastical like room like a throne room and there's like these giant three like huge thrones like on like 20 feet high yeah and you see, and she's like, oh, like, hi, dad, or something like that. And then you see her mom beside her. And then there's another throne on the other side of the dad. Mm-hmm. And the mom says something like, come join, join your father by his side or something like that. Yeah. And then Pan comes out behind and is like, basically, like, you made the best decision you could make. Yeah. He said, you, you sacrificed your you sacrificed immortal life or something like that um, Mm -hmm. to save, to save the life of an innocent or you put the, that life ahead of your desires or something like that. Yeah. But uh, uh, so like, I think this is like her heaven, right? Exactly. That's what I think too. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, at the start of the movie, there's a narration and it, no, it's not a narration. It's her story. It's her telling her brother. Um, like a title, like kind of like there's words at the beginning. No, but like 
Um, Cause Carmen tells her to tell her brother a story like, while well, he's still in the womb. So when she starts telling him about the story of the, the flower, mm-hmm. right. That's on a mountaintop or whatever. Oh yeah. 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 And then that flower it's uh, whoever picks it gets eternal life, but mm-hmm. nobody has ever been brave enough to pick it because the thorns that they have to climb through ha- are like poisonous and they'll kill you. But then at the end, that flower is on her dress. So okay. represent representing now that she has eternal life, mm, but like I never the, noticed that in the afterlife. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. And yeah, that's basically how it ends. Yeah. Um, because like I remember like a couple scenes in this movie, and it was like the pale man, obviously. Of course. And then this like throne room scene, and like the whole movie is like. I swear there was like a dark, like weird, creepy scene with like these giant ass thrones, but then it's like the very end scene. So yeah. Yep. Um, anything else before we wrap this up? Mm, I don't think so. Cool. All right. Well, that's the way the blood splatters. <laughs> very nice. Mm. All right. How did you rate this movie? So I gave very similar to Shape of Water. Um, I gave this story an eight out of ten. I said the writing that Del Toro did for this movie is phenomenal. He puts so much into it. The way he blends the savagery of war with the imagination and fantasy of a little girl is fantastic. Uh, quality gave a ten out of ten. Um, I said one of Del Toro's best. Uh, I kind of want to watch Hellboy now. It's been a very <laughs> long time since I've seen that movie, but yeah. kind of same vibes. Um, the cinematography, costume design, practical effects, and acting all super- superb. The score is amazing as well. Cool. So 8 out of 10 and 10 out of 10. Sweet. Um, my story, I gave it a 9.5 out of 10. Oh, okay. I said I love how well this movie mixes real-life horror and a little girl's fantasy life to escape the realities of war. Every character in this movie was so well-written and acted that it made this story like very believable. Um, it's such an incredibly dark movie on the surface and in its undertones. And it was directed by one of the best in the business for this type of movie. Um, I've seen multiple people say that Del Toro returned fairy tales back to their dark origins of this movie. And I couldn't agree more. Um, I found myself getting enthralled in the, in the fantasy scenes and mortified with the reign of Vidal. He was such an easy character to hate, but also an actor to love based on this performance. Um. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I've already talked about the rest of it. Uh, quality, I also gave it a nine point five out of ten. Oh, okay. I said this movie is absolutely gorgeous. The contrast between the dark of the like the darkness of the entire movie and then the bright, vibrant, golden red at the end scene once uh-huh. once she becomes this princess in her fantasy world. Um, the creature designs were honestly the reason why I picked this movie. Um, even though I thought that we got more of a horror aspect, but than what we actually did but um the pale man and pan as we know him now uh were played with expertise by doug bradley and no one could have done it better the score was perfect and all the acting was a plus very nice so yeah 9.5 for both nice i i fucking love this movie man yeah i think i i don't know which one i like because the shape of water was really good too Uh but they're they're two very different stories so, yeah. but I, 
so it makes it hard to say which one I like more. But yeah, the Shape of Water has like a like a happy ending. Yeah, and this one, I mean, it depends how you look at it. But yeah, yeah, it's it's sad but happy. I yes. Guess. All right, you guys know our scores. Let's head on over to Rotten Tomatoes and see what they've scored it. The critics' consensus. Oh shit! <laughs> Just give me a second. Oh no! What I do with my notes, right, is I. I'll take like my notes from a previous movie and I just copy and paste everything onto a blank sheet. And then I go through mm-hmm. and I erase everything. Okay. Yeah. Um, I forgot to erase the critics consensus for a uh, devil. Oh, for <laughs> devil. Yeah. It, it was just like one of the top ones. Cause like it goes in alphabetical order. So I just oh, clicked okay. it and I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm looking at it. It's better than many of the other M night Shyamalan movies. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just give me a sec. I'll go to Rotten Tomatoes right now. I'll just read it off. That's so funny. Um, it's a labyrinth. Okay, the critics' consensus: Pan's Labyrinth is Alice in Wonderland for grown-ups, with the horrors of both reality and fantasy blended together into an extraordinary spellbinding fable. So, based off that, what do you think the critics scored it? This is tough. <sighs> 89 too low fuck 95 percent wow on 239 ratings and an average score of 8.6 out of 10 damn i knew it wasn't higher than shape of water but what did shape of water get i don't remember i think it was like in 97 or like was it that like that yeah maybe not i don't know uh, the audience score was a 91%. Okay. On 250,000 ratings and an average score of 4.3 out of 5 or 8.6 out of 10. I think that's the first time both of those ratings have matched up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's highly, highly um, liked by critics and audiences alike. Nice. So would Letterbox. Cool. Uh, Letterboxd gave it a or has a 4.1 out of 5. Um, I give it a 4 out of 5, and you give it a 4.5 out of 5. Yes, sir. Uh, Here Be Monster, a.k.a. Anthony from Porcelain Peak, gave it a 5. Jensen from The Fright Crew gave it a 4. Uh, Screaming Cinema gave it a 4.5. And, and then I have another one from a guy I follow who... I really like. Hold on. So uh, his name is George Carmi. He gave it a five out of five. Um, he has a TikTok that I've been following for probably like six months now. It's uh, movies and stuff 14. He has great content. I really like him. Um, but I really liked his uh, review on it. So I'm going okay. to read it if you don't mind. Not at all. All right. Uh, Guillermo del Toro's captivating fantasy film about a girl's nightmarish fairy tale. The film is dark. It has a twisted emotional core and is a beautiful display of filmmaking. Del Toro demonstrates fairy tale horror in a fantastic and gripping manner that leaves you with an unsettling feeling as he takes you along on this brutally violent war-driven tale. It's Alice in Wonderland with the dial turned to its maximum. Del Toro puts you into Ophelia's story and doesn't let you out until the last drop of blood crowns the reincarnated princess. Damn. That was good. 
Yeah, I like the Alice in Wonderland uh, reference. Yeah. Yeah, it's been... Well, yeah, Rotten Tomatoes did it too. It's a good reference for sure. Yeah. Another horror-ish movie, depending, yeah. on, depending on how you look at it. Yeah. All right, man, you ready for the scare rating? Yes, scare sir. section. Section. And the scare rating. And the scare rating to start. <laughs> Uh, I give it a four out of 10. Okay. Um, this movie makes me feel so uncomfortable throughout the whole thing and kept me on the edge of my seat. There is surprisingly some brutal gore and scary ass monsters. So, yeah. Cool. And scariest scene. Uh, I just, I said the pale man easy. Yeah. I mean, I, I wanted to pick something else, but I was going to pick the scene with the fucking bottle. Cause that was brutal yeah. as fuck. That was brutal. But the pale man just, nah. Um, and what I survive, I said, no, if I had to choose either myself or my baby brother, I would save my brother. However, I would not fucking eat anything and save my fairy <laughs> friends. <laughs> nice. All right. How about you? Uh, my scare rating, I gave it a three out of 10. I said, although there wasn't as much creature horror as I remembered, the pale man was absolutely terrifying, as was Vidal as a real life villain. Um, there was some pretty graphic violence on both sides of the world as well. Like we got the pale man fucking eating fairies. And then we have Fidel being a psychopath. Uh-huh. Uh, scary scene. I said, pale man, without a doubt, he's fucking terrifying and a very well-made monster. Yeah. Would I survive? I said, I gave basically the same answer as you No, because I would have done the same thing. Ophelia did in the end and given up my right to the throne to not sacrifice my baby brother. Nice. Yeah. So. We're pretty even with this one. Yeah, we are. Good pick. This Thank good, you. Uh, discussion. Thank you. I'm glad uh, your mind got changed after I said it last <laughs> <Yeah>. week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I am, I'm excited to hear what your next pick is because you kind of made a comment in our group chat about it. I did. And uh, yeah. I'm so excited to talk about it. We are talking about 2021's Malignant. Oh, fucking right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yes. Okay. I, I need to watch this movie again. And yes. that's perfect. Yeah. It's on, it's on Crave now, I'm pretty sure. So. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. All right. I'm excited. I'm very excited to talk about this movie. Yeah. Me too. Because uh, it's fucking batshit crazy. <laughs> I kind of had it in my mind that you were going to pick the sadness. Oh, okay. Just, okay. just the way you're leading up to it. But no, right. yeah. Malignant's going to be a great conversation. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Fucking right. It's going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That wraps it up. So if you guys want to catch us on social media, you can find us at a podcast on Elm street on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, if you click the link in our bio on Instagram, you'll find links to our T public account where we have our merch. Um, thank you to two of my work friends who just recently bought t-shirts. Hey. Um, yeah. So Mike, uh, who is also Mackle on YouTube. So whenever we're uh, doing our game streaming, he hops in every once in a while. So, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, he came into the stream on Friday. Yeah. And yeah. I finally 
well, kind of met him sort of. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's one of my good buddies at work. And then uh, another friend, Mark, he bought one too. Um, he's been listening for a little while now as well, but uh, yeah, thank you. They were our latest two purchases and uh, we appreciate you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> what did I just watch in that happen? I don't remember. Anyways, doesn't matter. Uh, oh, fuck. I, took myself off track with that god damn it um oh there's also a link to our patreon account if you wish to support the podcast that way uh there's also links to our youtube channel please subscribe if you go check it out um there's also links to our discord server our um individual letterboxed accounts and anywhere that you can sir shibuya All right. Well, that's it for this week. We will talk to you guys next time. See you later.